Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode number two of Expand the Conversation with Jillian. I am so excited that you are joining me today. In today's episode, I have a special friend that I met at my yoga teacher training last year. Her name is Ramey Road. And she is just an incredible human. She is an entrepreneur. She created the Onion Skin Journal, and she works with a small printer to be able to make these books so special and top quality. And in today's episode, we're going to also be talking about healing through poetry, truth, embracing endings and beginnings, and expressing yourself. She has a book of poetry that is now released and for sale. That link is going to be in the show notes. And she reads a couple of poems from the books for us in today's episode. I am so excited for you to hear this. Thank you so much for joining us today. And let's get to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Um, We are here with Ramey Road. She is a poet and she has her own business. It's the Onion Skin Journal and she has a book coming out of her poetry so soon. Um, How are you today? Thank you so much for joining us. I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Happy to talk about writing. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you here. A little background. So I met Ramey um, at our yoga teacher training in Mexico last year. And she's just such a beautiful soul. I'm so excited about her poetry book. She's an amazing writer. And I just cannot wait to ask you all the questions. So I'm going to ask a few questions that I ask all guests on the podcast to get started. So you know, the podcast name is Expand the Conversation. So the first question is, what's a topic that you need to be expanded on? Like something that needs to be talked about or something that maybe people need to change a perspective on? Hmm. Well, I can only speak with what's real to me. Um, and typically I have like, I'd say I have like themes that I'm working on typically, and that show up in my life with my own inner healing and what's going on in my outer world and inner world. And what I've been working on lately is letting go Mm. and allowing the unfolding and trusting the unfolding. So it's this like constant state of just trying to, um, not let the hooks get in. Yeah. You know, the hooks that our brain and we have a thought and we don't want the thought. And why do I have this thought? And then the cycle, you know, it's a, it's a cycling that happens. And so, um, you know, I, I don't think we talk about that enough in society. I think we're problem solvers and so, solution seekers, you know, and it's like, uh, okay, I'm struggling with this. Now I'm going to pull a tarot card or I'm going to do a sound bath or I'm going to get some movement. And all of these things are beautiful. But I think, you know, those are all looking, seeking for something outside of ourselves to, to make us feel better. Um, and I'm finding that this letting go 
and really it's a surrender is making a lot more space in my heart and my head. And so that's what I'm working on right now. I love that answer. And, you know, you're right. We live in a society where it's like we're either constantly trying to problem solve or we're constantly trying to attach ourselves to something like, oh, this is mine now and it's got to be mine forever because that's what the standards were. And there's so much beauty in letting things go to be able to see what new things can come into us. So I love that. Love that. And the stories... 95% of the stories we tell ourselves aren't true, you know? So it's like we're missing out on on reality, you know? And we're living in this make-believe horror story sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) You get wild up there. Like nothing's really happening, actually. Yeah. It's not that serious. A breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I love that. It's so true, though. And it's... We do create these stories for ourselves to keep ourselves small. And it's it's interesting the way it works because it's our ego trying to protect us. But in reality, like they just keep us in this cage. And so we feel like we can never really live because we're holding on to all of these stories and all of these beliefs that have been implanted in us. Um, I thought like hooked was a great word because it is. It's like all of these strings are attached to you. And it's like, where can I let them go so I can be free? And you're such a free spirit too. Like, you know, you travel so much and you do all of these things. And so it's like, I can see how that would definitely be something that's in your journey. So the next question is, what is your favorite way to connect with yourself daily? Good question. Uh, Again, I try to speak with what is true and not what I want to be the truth. (laughs) Well, breath has been a big thing for me recently is like letting my belly get big. You know, I think a lot of times, especially as women, we're like sucking in and holding things tight and wanting to be small. And recently I've just been really focusing on like letting my whole breath fill my belly and letting my belly get really big. And that feels like a really good way to connect with my body and appreciate my body um, and get out of that external, what does my body look like? And really be like, what does my body feel like? And the truth is my body feels so much better when my belly is like expanded and big and I have like this room in me. Um, I also go to therapy. I go to a somatic therapist who really helps me uh, gain some tools with dropping like out of my mind and into my body and finding ways to self-soothe. So I'd say, you know, therapy once a week and uh, movement too is big for me. Like uh, yoga, biking, I have to get like at least 30 minutes of movement a day for me to feel, to sort of get that anxious energy out. I have a lot of energy. Um, and so I find movement helps me kind of clear some of that buzzing. Yeah. I can see how all of those things do, you know, in therapy, we take it for granted sometimes because sometimes people, you know, there's the stigma is going away, but there's that stigma on it, but it's, it's a form of energy movement. It's just a form of like using your throat chakra and talking and being able to like move whatever is inside of you out. And same with the breath. 
And, you know, I love how you said women are always trying to keep themselves small. Like, it's so interesting how we used to just be housewives, right? Like, that was the thing. And we used to, for our livelihood, we felt like we had to be small. And so as we're changing and as society is changing, it's like, no, like, I want to be big. I want to expand. I want to be able to feel like myself. I love that. And just to be able to really lean into who you actually are instead of pretending to be this good girl. This skinny little good girl who has to fit into a size zero. Because that's never going to happen. Good girl, Steve Dash. <laughs> oh, like okay. you have Forever. to murder her at some point <laughs> and it's not a bad thing you know it's just oh. realizing that playing that good girl is really this protection it's a form of protection because we don't feel safe to be able to express who we are when we drop that act that's where all the expand what's the name of your podcast expansion expand the conversation yeah, I see it like, and I just know that in my close relationships is like when I can, because I did this thing for a long time where to be spiritual, like instead of calling it good girl, I called it like in quotation marks, spiritual. I want to be spiritual. So someone would say something that would hurt, like just dig. And obviously, I don't want to be like, why Why would you say that and like get all in my ego? But I kind of would do this thing where I would just get silent and be like, no, you know, they're going through a hard thing. And, you know, I, I got to understand and meet everything with love. And I sort of like lost my voice and lost touch with who I was. And there's a poem of this. Like, it's funny how many subjects are touching on things in the book. But it was like in my in my search to be spiritual, I actually made myself smaller in a lot of ways. And so being willing to be messy and imperfect and show my true heart, I think, is a quicker way to that inner expansion, um, which I guess for me is like peace. I mean, I guess that's what we're all searching for at the end of the day. <laughs> Some form of it. I love that. I love what you said, how it really does. And it's so easy to get caught up in spirituality and like even take a level of perfectionism to spirituality. Like if it doesn't look exactly like this, am I spiritual enough? Am I connecting with myself good enough? Is it true? When in reality, it's like we're all doing our best. And just because something may be a super spiritual practice for you doesn't mean that it's the same for me. Then it's really allowing ourselves to lean into what's right for us, like as individuals, to be able to grow and to be able to lean into who we really are and give ourselves that space to be human. Because our souls agreed to come down here, right? And we didn't say, oh, we'll be perfect the whole time. Like it's all about feeling the emotions and being messy and doing those things. And so, when we lean into it, like, of course you find more peace. And it makes no sense because people think like, oh, but if I have the perfect life, then it'll be peaceful. That's yeah. not true. Right. Not true at all. I feel like I'm in my most peace sometimes when I'm just letting go. 
And I'm like, it'll all figure itself out. This is like kind of where I want to be. This is where I'm aiming for. We'll see how it goes. That's exactly it. Like, we'll see how it goes with a smile on our face. You know, like, that's the energy that I want to embody more in my life is like, let's see what happens. (laughs) I'm here for this ride. I signed up. Right? Information. Let's see what I signed up for. (laughs) Let's see what I agreed to. Let's see how it's going to go. What can I manifest? Let's see what's going to happen. Always being in that protection mode. And Mm -hmm. I think that's that's a big thing for women too, not to like hone in on, but, and probably for men as well. But, you know, I find it's like, I'm always seeking this safety from the outer world, you know, and finding a way to find that within myself is a big part of the journey. Yeah. And I know for me, like as having gone through trauma in the past, like that's really been a theme for me is I was such a control freak and such a people pleaser because I felt like I needed to be because otherwise something bad would happen. And so I was constantly in this like fight or flight control, control, control. But like, man, I was so burnt out. You know, it's hard to live in that state and to really see that and to be able to go, okay, I'm going to take a deep breath as you take a deep breath. I'm going to take a deep breath and just let it like trust that it's going to work out for my best, no matter what it is. And whatever happens is what happens. And then to be able to, you know, like you said, talking about letting it go is just to let it go. It was something that happened. It doesn't have to control me. It doesn't have to be hooked onto me or define who I am. It's just something that happened and I can move on. Yeah. Last question. And uh, then we'll move on to talk about your book. Uh, um, what is your favorite thing right now? It can be like a subject that you're leaning into, or it can be a physical thing. It can be a movie, a book, anything. Um. I have so many favorite things and they change every 10 minutes. You can give me three. Uh, Let's do three. uh, uh, Okay. Well, jungles is like my all time favorite. Same. I my little chameleon (laughs) lamp from my dad. Um, There's just something about the fertility and the danger and the mystery. Um, so yeah, jungles, uh, right now I'm really into work, but unbeknownst to me, like I'm really into trying to build my career up. And then I'm also in a place where I'm trying to figure out like what my next step in my career is. Mm. Um, so that's kind of a big topic for me. And then third is travel. That'll never go away. I mean, I'm always constantly wanting, thinking about the next place I want to go. Columbia is at the top of the list. So, yeah. I've heard very good things about Colombia. I I love travel, too. And, you know, knowing you in Mexico, it's like I know you had all these travel plans. And so I always love to see, like, where you're going on Instagram and stuff like that. But I... I am stuck in the Costa Rican jungle. Like, I just cannot get away from it. And I know right before we met, I had been there. I went again this year. I'm working on planning a retreat for next year. Like, I just, 
There's something so special about that land that I just cannot get over. So when you said jungles too, I was like, oh, I just love the jungle. Well, it's the biodiversity, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's like everything's so wild and unknown. And I think there's like a primal part of us that misses that. Yeah. You get stung by a deadly caterpillar. Yeah, you totally could. And then you're like, ah, now what? <laughs> Oh my gosh, I know. And it's really interesting how sometimes I just feel like, oh, I need to go there. Is that how you make your travel plans? Like you're just, this just feels right. And so this is where I'm going. Yes. Um, If I'm being totally honest, I engage in a lot of escapism. (laughs) And that is something I have to, I've like... Well, and the funny thing is, is I think I worry people think it's escapism. And so I say that, right? Because I'm conditioned to believe that if I can't sit sit still where I live, then I'm escaping. And maybe, maybe there is some truth to that. But I think it's also I am just constantly seeking the new. And I, I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's like I I have like a insatiable curiosity for seeing what I haven't seen yet. And I start to feel really, um, really claustrophobic when my days start looking like very the same. Yeah. Uh, And that's just, and that's like kind of what we talked about is like, like also like figuring out, like I used to label some of these things as good and some of these things as bad instead of being like, you know what, this is me. Why can't I honor that that's part of who I am. Even if it is a little bit escapism, you know, like it's like, why, why do I always have to be good? Yeah. And sometimes it's okay to be like, this is how I like to be in the world. When things start to get a little tight, I want to go dip my toes in the ocean. (laughs) Yeah. I am with it right now. (laughs) I love that though. And it's, it's so interesting because even So going to different countries, it can be so different from things that we experience here in the States as far as like, okay, you're supposed to have this like schedule set up and you're supposed to be on this like track or whatever that means and have like this routine every day. But that just doesn't work for everyone. You know, like I just want to switch it up sometimes and that's okay. And I think that's one of my favorite parts about especially this last time I was in Costa Rica, there was just so much like, this is kind of what we want to do today. We'll see what happens. You know, there was one day I would go to this cafe in the mornings and I was literally sitting there for like two hours. And it's just because they're on island time. Like there's no rush. There's nowhere to be. And it's just so freeing to be able to feel that. I wouldn't call it escapism personally. If you were having a conversation with me and be like, that's not Yeah. And obviously it comes from a place of extreme privilege, right? Because a lot of people in the world don't get to travel. And so I just feel like I have to say that because um, not everyone does get the opportunity to travel. And I will say we recently moved to Portland and I'm feeling the same feeling here being in a city. It's like there's so much to explore. There's so much to do. So it's not necessarily that I need to leave. It's just, I think Joe Dispenza talks about it. It's like, 
if you do the same thing every day and have the same thoughts, you're going to get the same results. Mm-hmm. So getting out of that routine and having new thoughts and new experiences and like getting yourself out of those like neural pathways that are keeping you stuck, I think can be really useful. So like getting out of, I guess it's getting out of your comfort zone that I constantly do. And I think part of travel is that for me. Yeah. Um, There was a point in my life where I had like horrible panic attacks and it became really hard for me to travel. So now like I push myself through those, through that discomfort quite often. Yeah. And even with like wanting to create something and you wanting to see where your business is going to go next, it's definitely something that when you change your scenery, it can give you new ideas. It can give you new inspiration for what you're writing about. And I would really love to hear about what inspires you when you write your poetry. Um. Um, so my process in writing poetry coming, I, I always have to like remind myself, like come from an honest place, come from my real experience, not what I want it to be. Um, is typically I'll get stuck on like two words and either those words will come. Like I had a friend recently share that she'd been feeling at a point in her life, like a dying star. And I was like, dying star I know that feeling and then I took it and I like applied it to you know I take those two words and then I start I go in my always like to do pen to paper um in my journals that I create created um which I'm sure we'll get to uh but I'll just start writing and and sometimes I'll freeform write and sometimes I'll go straight to a poem but I really try to take the two words and then try to find a way to explain how I'm feeling through a way that is different than the direct external experience of it. So it's almost like I try to get the most accurate possible because you can't explain, you can't describe a feeling. It's really hard to describe a feeling. So I think the job of a poet is sort of to try to help the reader feel that feeling. Mm. And so in order to feel like sadness, you can't be like, oh, I'm really sad. Like, but if you're talking about like a vase of flowers that's been sitting there for a week because the people broke up and I can't bring myself to whatever. I mean, that was cliche, but you know what I mean? Like, that is going to evoke that feeling so much better than she was sad. So it's it's finding a way to get as accurate as possible with the most indescribable of feelings. Mm. That's kind of how I feel about poetry. I what love I that. Like. In this stage of my life, I've never really felt like I was creative, right? And I realized that I had put myself in this box for a long time. But you're one of the poets that have inspired me to write because I see your poetry and it's like, oh my gosh, like I, and I'm such a feeler. I'm very clear sentient. Like I feel everything so much. So it's, it's like, I see your words and I'm like, oh my God, someone finally put it on paper. And so I try really hard, like in my writing, just to be gentle with myself and be like, is this conveying how I'm feeling? And so that's, I love that. And I love that you just start with simple, like simple two words. 
and then you move with it. How has writing helped in your healing journey? I mean, immensely. Uh, I started writing this poem. I wrote this book, actually. It's been like three years, really, since I finished writing this book. What's yeah. the name of the book? So the book's called Tonight I'm with the Moon. This is not the cover. This was the cover that I decided not to go with. Um, but it's called Tonight I'm with the Moon. And originally it was going to be called the, uh, the Black Between the Stars. And because the it well okay how do i start here i'm going to start with your question going <laughs> into that um yes i started writing poetry when i was a little girl i mean i've been writing poetry since i first started to write and um at one point i was really suffering and i wrote a poem and it was called the black between the stars and I really liked it. I was like, oh, damn, that's good. And I was like, maybe I should like look through my old poetry. And I started looking through my old poetry because I'd never sought to like do anything with it. And then I realized I had like hundreds of poems. So I basically just, yeah, I just started writing poems and it, Every time I felt upset or I was in, you know, a difficult place, I just put pen to paper and try to describe it. And I think that is kind of a way to get into my body and out of my stories because you're really describing a present feeling. You know, rarely are poems like, I'm really afraid that <laughs> this is going to happen. Like, that would be kind of a weird <laughs> thing to write about, I guess. I mean, maybe not. But, um, yeah, so I, yes, definitely. It's a way to get what's out of my head onto paper, but also to like transform it into something beautiful, you know, because like our feelings don't always feel beautiful, right? So it's like someone who writes an incredibly, a song from a place of heartache like is not feeling beautiful in that moment, but is able to create beauty from that heart heartache. And so I think, you know, poetry is that process for me of taking something that's that's really hard to feel and turning it into something beautiful. I love that. And I love how when you talked about it, like it makes you super present, right? And so it's so interesting to me how you like consider yourself an escapist, if you will. But like your poetry is literally you being so present with some of the hardest things that people have to deal with emotions. And I love that. And I love how you explained it. Like you don't feel beautiful in the moment, but you know that what you're creating from it can be so beautiful. And it's just great because sometimes we go through such big things in life and people are like, oh my God, this is horrible. This is horrible. And you feel all the emotions, but there's nothing that they can look back on until they have that thing that they're grateful for later and being like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I'm out of it. So I love that. It's almost like these little time markers of how you were feeling and how you were going through different things in your life. And it's so vulnerable to be able to share that with people. When does your book release? 
So my book will release. Well, I don't know when you're publishing this uh, podcast, but let's see. What day is it? My book is going to release October 20th. And I just made up that date right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, that's perfect. Yeah. I give myself a deadline. <laughs> Dang it. I love that. No, it's done. done. I just, it's like, I got to send it to the printer. That's what I'm doing today. I'm sending it to the printer. So yeah, let's say October 20th. October 20th. That's perfect. If you listen to this, you can just go and buy it right away. It'll be there. No, that's so exciting. How are you feeling about it? Um, I feel very vulnerable. I feel relieved because it's kind of like I've been sitting on it and already I have my second book that's almost done. Like I've just continued to write. And so this version of me is ready to be released. And actually in some ways it's good that I waited so long because I think I've already said goodbye to her you know, and it's like I'm in a different incarnation right now. Um, and yet still hold a lot of reverence for her. So it's like it's a celebration. It feels like celebration in some ways. Um, and there's some vulnerability there. And, you know, I I don't know where I heard this, but someone told me once like art is never finished. It's abandoned. So I love love that quote because it's like, I have just every version I've gotten back. I'm like, no, this word needs to be different. And this word. And finally, I'm like, you know what? I'm setting this little butterfly free. (laughs) And yeah, so it's, it's a vulnerable celebration. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you're so right. You keep working on things and it goes back to that perfectionism. Like, is it perfect? Is it ready for the humans to read it? Like, I'm sure like people are going to love it. Yeah. Even whatever, you know, it's it's, not for them. It's not for them. And you keep going. Yeah. And that's something that I truly believe is anytime, you know, recording the first podcast episode, it was a solo episode. So it was really hard for me to not go back. 18 times and re-record it. And I was like, nope, I gave myself once. I re-recorded one time. And then I was like, nope, that's it. Well, yeah. We're letting it go. Letting go. It's letting go. Yeah. You think of me is not my business. Yeah. No. I mean, I think you're amazing if that helps, but. I think you're amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh. So. I want to talk about the Onion Skin Journal because I think they're so cool. When did you start making these? Well, can I go grab one really quick? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's best if I show an example. This is a strong color. This is the red. Yeah. Um, So this is an Onion Skin Journal. It's perfect. Just so people have context of what we're talking about. I'll give a description. So as a writer... I got tired of going to the store and finding like just journals that were made in factories. Uh, I won't name names, but they just all felt cheap. And 
like they had no substance to them. And I loved going to old bookstores and seeing those like my dad used to collect like old Tarzan books and just mm. the old books with the linen covers. And they were just so well made. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a journal with all my favorite elements in it. So these journals are made in America. It's a grand 90. I think he's 98. He might be 94. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but he's definitely 94. Um, his son and then his son. So it's three generations of men and they make these books by hand. We're really close. We have a great relationship. Um, they make them by hand and on turn of the century machinery and they're made so that they lay flat when you write on them, which that. is huge for me. Cause you don't get that like big buckle in the middle. Mm -hmm. um, and then they're made on this paper that is super thin yeah. and ethereal. And when you write on it, it like starts developing this dappled quality and they come with like a lined, lined grid um, if you want that. Uh, but yeah, they're basically made the way books used to be made. And um, I love them. So that's what was the question? It when was did, when did you start making them? Okay. So that was at the beginning of the pandemic. Okay whole world had sort of blown up and fall, fallen apart. Um, relationships ended. I lost my father. Um, and it was just a really difficult time in my life. And I was just ready to start something new, to birth something new. I was, I think I was tired of death. <laughs> and I was ready to birth. Yeah. And most of them have the Ouroboros on the front, right? Yes. Yeah. So this is the logo of my business, the Ouroboros, which represents rebirth, basically it's the cycle of life and death. It's rebirth, it's um, continuity. And to me, you know, that's the ultimate symbol because we're constantly in that state, you know, we're constantly in this state and it's what my book's about. You know, it's, it's alchemizing the dark into the light and the dark into the light and like it all existing and that all being okay. You know, because I think a lot of the suffering in our life comes from the idea that like, we don't want death. We don't want pain. We don't want these things. We, if we were spiritual enough, we would just be happy. Mm -hmm. And like the truth is, is coming to terms with life is both these things. Life is painful and life is beautiful. When we can just be like, yes, it is supposed to be this way. It is supposed to be painful and beautiful. Then I think that's where some peace comes. And so that's why I love the symbol for my book, because it's it's like, I remember at some point when I was really suffering, my mom said to me, it's not going to feel like this forever. Mm. And it, in that moment, it didn't feel possible, but it was true, you know, life. Life moves if we let it move. Yeah, I love that. And it really is. It's And it's part of that letting go too, because it's so miserable to have a version of yourself die and then to hold on to that. Like, mm -hmm. because you're constantly pretending to be someone that you used to be and your soul and all of your being just wants to move past that and really express themselves as they are in that moment. Yeah. And just be reborn. 
And so many people like get stuck on that, like, oh, well, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I was doing before. I can't change. But that's all like, it's all we're supposed to do is watch ourselves evolve and see where we go with it. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I love that symbol. Back to the book cover. So the one you showed us, you said that's not, no, not, so we're sorry, we're switching back to your book. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) So you said that's not the book cover. It was going to be the book cover. What happened? I, I hated it. (laughs) I, this is literally like the fourth book cover that I've had made and I just didn't like any of them. Um, And I eventually, actually just like 10 days ago, so I made a new friend in Portland. um, And she's amazing. She does a lot of healing work. Her name's Marisa Lafata. Um, If you want to look her up, she does incredible healing work and you can work with her. But she just popped on her computer and was like, I'll make you a cover. It was the second time we'd hang out. And she made me the most amazing cover. And I was just like, made a new friend and a new cover. And now my book's coming out. So it was just like, I just needed some new energy. And I needed, because I was doing this on my own with the computer, like asking people through the computer to like make me something that I'd never met. And I really needed that like person sitting with me and for us to like, it's hard. That's the hard thing about being a writer and, and a business owner is doing all of this on your own and having no one to bounce your energy off of. Um, mm-hmm. I don't recommend it. I just started working like in public. Like I go to a WeWork and I'm like working in the world and that is much better for me. <laughs> yeah, I am the same. I can I can do things at home, but I always... I'm more lit up when I am somewhere working. It's it is it's got something to do with the energy like bouncing around the room. Yeah. I love that though. And it's basically like she just needed to see your energy. You're like I need someone to see me yeah. for this because yeah. the book is you, right? Like yeah. this is different versions of yourself and different emotions that you've experienced. Yeah. So I love that. I'm so excited to see what the new cover is going to look like when it comes out. It's going to be amazing. Um, Do you mind reading us a poem? I do not. I would love to. Man, I think I know what I want to read. Okay. Well, I just opened up to this poem, so should we just trust the unfolding? Let's trust the unfolding. This one's called... And you can read the other ones, too, if you want. Okay. This one's called Falling Upward. I am falling upward toward prime source, a wrecked with imperfection. Anger burned holes in my chest, allowing the blood of your hearts I've carried too long to seep back into the earth where God has better use for it. Reaching up, I stand, filled with spaces I no longer know how to fill, ready for her. Mm. That's beautiful. This one's kind of like what we talked about. Um, I'm just trying to be relevant to our conversation. So this, I wrote this one when I was feeling that 
my greatest interest is my spirituality. Like that is my life. You know, it's hard to divorce my life from my spirituality. But as we talked about, I made myself like the good girl. It was like using spirituality as a reason to be small. And so this poem is kind of about that. Mm. It's called Bondage of Self. A war was waged within. With breath, I fought for ease. I overshot the mark and the quietness spread like disease. My mouth, my heart in deep freeze. And now I'm found on my knees. I thought steadiness would win, so blindfolded myself to please, as though my own mind, not the landmark, gagged my own mouth to guarantee I would not destroy and have seized my chance to be received. So good I had been, blindfolded and gagged the fee, no chance to make a false remark. I've let my surrender override my divinity. And in my war for me, I made myself unfree. I love that. Thank you. I love it. I mean, I love your poetry. I really do. It's so special for me to be able to have you here and to share about your book. I'm so excited about it coming out. I really think that the people that need to read all of this will definitely find you. And... I'm just so excited to see where you go next. Yeah. You know, and I know you said that you're kind of on the verge of that. So do you feel like finally releasing this book is almost like the ending or a death of like an old version of yourself? I think it's a death of, well, I think it's a letting go of the version of myself that wrote this book. Mm-hmm. Um, but not it also feels like a beginning like yeah. it feels like the beginning of me allowing myself to be bigger in the world mm-hmm. and show myself in the world um, and to not apologize for who I am um, and not let my past define me um and yeah, it just feels like a beginning in a lot of ways. A letting go that. and beginning, just like the freaking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> the story of life, right? And singing is both things. <laughs> yeah. No. And it, it feels like because you've like had this book ready for so long, I'm sure it's a relief that you're like finally letting it go. It's, yeah. it goes back into that like, you're trying to end something, but then you're holding on to it so dearly. You're like, yes. ah, I can't do it. And allowing yourself to be seen can be so hard because it's like, then what happens? What happens if like your book becomes a bestseller? You know, you're like, then what do I do? Run and, <laughs> Run and hide. You're like, you can't go small again. We don't want to go backwards. No, you can't go back. No, and it's true. And it's it's like, it's trusting the unfolding, you know, it's coming back to that, you know, I don't, but I do know like sitting on old energy is like, that doesn't feel good. And that releasing needs to happen. And, and I love her, you know, I, I, it's not that I want to like say goodbye to her. It's just, it's time for her to do something else. (laughs) 
you know, like it's time for her to go, go be seen by the world. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. Well, where can people buy your book once it's released? Um, I believe I'm just going to sell it on my website, The Onion Skin Journal. Okay. www.theonionskinjournal.com. You can equally get to the same website by going to www.ramyroad.com. Um, so I'm guessing you'll link maybe. Yeah. All of that will be linked in the show notes. And okay. one more question. So are the same, is the same family that prints your onion skin journals printing your book? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. No, I want them to, but they're really busy making my books right now. <laughs> my journals. Right. Which is a good problem to have, right? I'm overwhelm them with too many things to do because I just value their like the lifeblood of my business. So yeah. I love that because the onion skin journal is the way you make your money right now. Yes. I love that. I love that. And it allows you like so much freedom. It's such a life. It is a blessing. I love that for you. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Where can people find you? Um, I will link the website, but where else can people find you if they want to follow yeah. you or see your journeys? Totally. I would love if people would follow me on Ramy underscore road. That's going to be linked. So I don't need to spell it out loud. That's my Instagram. And then I also have an Instagram for the Onion Skin Journal. It's at the Onion Skin Journal. Um, and I post in both those places and you can follow my journey there on Instagram. I think I have some Facebooks. I don't really use them, but I know that sometimes things get posted through Instagram, but, um, yeah, that's where you can reach me. I love that. Yeah. I never even know how my stuff gets from Instagram to Facebook. I'm like, I didn't push anything. Why is it here? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for sharing your energy and your poems with us today. And I cannot wait for people to find you and all of the links um, will be in the show notes. Yeah. And this was such a fun interview. I really appreciate you putting this energy out into the world and sharing your gifts. And I can't wait to listen to your podcast. I'm super pumped. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Expand the Conversation podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review of the podcast on your favorite platform. Your feedback means the world to me. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions for future episodes, reach out to me on social media. I would love to hear from you. So let me know you are listening and stay updated on all things Expand the Conversation. Be sure to follow and tag me on Instagram at expandtheconversation.podcast. If you know someone who would benefit from this episode, please share it. See you next time.